This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me again. I'm so thrilled that I had the chance to talk to writer-director Rebecca Slotowski at the Venice Film Festival, where her new movie, Other People's Children, premiered to rave reviews from both critics and audiences alike. Other People's Children, starring Virginie Efira, is about a teacher who starts a new relationship and a very close bond with her boyfriend's little daughter. It's a rom-com, a character study, an emotional ride, and maybe most of all, a beautiful portrait of something we don't see all that often, the role of the stepmother and female allies, something that Rebecca and I really got a chance to talk about in our conversation from the Venice Film Festival. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for this movie. I understand that it's very personal. Yes. I experienced the fact that the, the, the stepmother, would I experienced it. I experienced the fact that, that when I was nearly 40, I was, you know, a child-free woman. But the, the, the origin of the film is really about the, 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 the fact that there was no representation of this experience. So I really wanted to craft something that would you know, exit from the representations, the lazy representations of the archetypal representation of the stepmom and the stepdad, probably the same. So so that's how the film, the film started. Yeah, because let's face it, the uh, cultural depiction of the stepmom from Shakespeare to Snow White to any movie you'll mm. see um, is stepmonster. Yeah. Um, how did you want to <laughs> depict her? I feel there's reason why they are depicted as as monsters. I think that there's like cultural reasons. The fact that, you know, centuries ago, the the stepmom would not be, you know, part of those like recomposed families uh, driven by choice. It was like people that were despised them. Despised them, they were like second second, uh, spouses, very young of people that would die like delivering. I I feel that women would die delivery, delivering the children. And then the, 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 the husband would be a widow and, and marry someone who's young, <laughs> as young as the first one and, and not in charge and not willing, you know, to have that. This is a total, and centuries, you know, have been like passing, you know, on that. And it became absolutely different when you divorce and get in love, be in love with someone else and, and you bring them in the, in the construction of your family. So this is like the history of this character could be like a thesis. It could be super interesting to have like a history in families yes. just through the character. You could write a whole book about it. Yeah. yeah, and I'm, I would be more than happy yes. to read it, but it's very like easier and, and quicker to see the film. To do a movie. To do a movie. <laughs> I'm a stepchild, I'm a stepmother, my children have stepfather, mm. so I have all the different things. And it is, a, there's a lot of taboos in many directions. Mm. There's also a taboo that everything must go perfectly. Do your children like their stepfather? How was your relationship with your stepmother? Um, this relationship is so difficult. I feel that when you have protagonists in your life, the difficulty, the challenge of those positions is that 
you have the same emotions than parenthood in love and hate, in disturb, being disturbed, being annoyed, being caring, being afraid, being responsible, etc. So you have a lot of emotions that, that go through you as a stepmom or a stepdad, but you are like an extra, a secondary character in the life and you can erase from the equation. And this is like pretty difficult because it, 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 uh, it, it, it spotted, it spots a place in your heart where you have to be like very in alterity. You have to be like giving. You have to be in a giving moment. You have to be a very adult person. When you're a stepchild, this is different. This is, uh, and this is also, there's a lot of differences, but I'm not a sociologue. Huh? No. <laughs> I'm not a specialist of it. I'm just a specialist of my own experience. I've been a stepchild yes, because I, I, I'm, an, I'm uh, but, but my mom was dead. I'm an orphan. So it was easier. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was easier because the place is, is not here anymore. I feel that, yeah, you, 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 you add layers of challenge, of humanity, of relationship, of uh, uh, ego, of um, um, altered love, uh, um, demanding love, and, 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 and it can create like explosive situations, but it, it can also create like amazingly tender situation. And the film wanted to address the second aspect. And I think that there's a, I think that there's a lot of filmmakers, I can even say, who, who, could, who could do something super like passionate and intense and conflictual on, on that. What interested me was to say, to just approach this character by first of all breaking the, the archetype and saying like, it can be some, something totally different than cruelty, <laughs> than rivality, than, than hatred, than being disturbed, and something totally opposite that could be love, that could be uh, feeling that you're invisible in a, in a family cell, and even if you're totally part of it. So it's... And that you feel that tremendous love for someone who's not absolutely family, yeah. Um, and what you do so beautifully in the movie, I think, for me, was the relationship between the women, mm. and that the women around this child are not rivals. That yeah. the, the women feel uh, compassion towards each other, but not only concerning the child, also concerning men and relationships. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that that's been such a difficult thing to do in film? <laughs> How amazing is this? Yeah. I have reason. I know why. <laughs> it's because I think that there's definitely a political aspect in showing women being not rivals, not rivals around a man. Not it's not about the, about the Bechdel test. It's not about that. But it's just that as soon as you notice, when you look at films with the Bechdel test, Alison Bechdel test, in your mind, meaning you never have like to even like with the, the choice of the actresses, the fact that this is Chiara Mastroianni, who's an amazing actress who accepted to make like two days of shooting just for a very small part in the film. We just looked at each other with Virginie, Chiara and I, and we would say, we're very happy that we contradict the fact that there's only room for one good actress and for one good part for an, for, for, for an actress. And, and that's, that's it. I feel that there's a political reason. It's because it's control also to have women upset yeah. at each other. Yeah, <laughs> is this what you call political liberation? Yeah. 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 Uh, what's political is to, is to make another scheme of emotions prevail. Mm -hmm. To say that women can be tender between each other, not rival even if they're in the same family and one is the stepmom and one is the mom. I mean, to look at this totally differently, to look at this as allies, as, as sisters, sisters, uh, you know, like this, this sisterhood that everyone keeps talking about. And in all relationships, in professional relationships like yes, this sure. as well, which also can be depicted very harshly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
even among like filmmakers, I can tell that, for instance, I'm so glad I have stronger friends among filmmakers and female filmmakers in France, and I feel that that's the reason why our films are good. Not mine. I mean, like, I feel that there's so many amazing fem female filmmakers in France. I mean, Mian Sen Love, Alice Diop, Audrey Diwan, Julia Ducourneau, Katel Kilevere, Céline Siama. Mm. And I feel the fact that we are allies, we kind of like, like each other. Of course, there's like competition and, and sportivity and stuff. But honestly, it's like in Italy, you remember like this 60s generation where there would be 50s and 60s. And I, I don't know who said that uh, at a certain moment, people started to hate each other. And that's the moment where Italian cinema declined. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. I extrapolate, but the fact that I feel that there's a strong political like fight in, in, in the way you, you depict emotions between people. And I wanted to do that. And then there's a reason why also people are in conflict more than trying to, you know, create scenes and dialogues without the, the historical, you know, situations. It's because it's more difficult. It's easier to make like a good scene when people fight each other. It's more difficult to make people, to make the audience, you know, cry when people laugh and, and love when people cry than just being frankly empathetic. I love the fact that I felt that the first five, ten minutes of your movie were the last. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Five ten minutes of a good rom-com. <laughs> That's where we see, you know, the beautiful love story, the glittery Eiffel Tower, which of could course. which could be New York or could be mm -hmm. whatever. And then your movie, we get to see. Well, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and I was wondering if you have any inspirations in that genre that you've. Taken. Honestly, I was not thinking rom-com. I was more thinking. I love the rom-coms. I mean, I love Manhattan, and I love. I'm. 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 A, I'm. A, I'm a huge fan of that, and but the, I, I would say that the inspiration in indie uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. Uh, directors would be more like Paul Mazursky with uh, the Unmarried Woman, you know, Jill Clayburgh's uh, parts in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, um, what's, what's the name of the director of uh, Kramer versus Kramer mm -hmm. and Alan Parker in Shoot yeah. the Moon? I was really like you know focused on the on the. Those, those filmmakers that are able to, to offer very, very, you know, uh, variations in, 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 in films, being very intimate in one and very, like, different in, a, in another one and stuff. The yeah. portraits, even ordinary people, like, uh, from uh, Robert Redford. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this was, like, this moment in U.S. where the human nature studies were, like... Maybe because they tried character studies. Yeah, character studies, and they were like maybe also like you know inspired by European <laughs> studies oh. in a way. So this is a back and forth. I am you know from the school of François Truffaut and Claude Sauté, and I would say like in Easy Girl, my last film was definitely inspired by Romer, and this one I cannot lie and not say that I've been super inspired by Claude Sauté. This this way of depicting very very sometimes that that could tell bourgeois emotions but in a very loyal way, in a very like strong way. This is just part of our lives. And I wanted to address it like very frankly. 
but I understand you've had a baby after this movie. Congratulations. Thank That's you. wonderful. What have you learned about motherhood that surprised you after? Oh, I don't know. I've, I've learned nothing. <laughs> it's just, I did the film, like, the, the reason why I mentioned it, uh, you know, for the process of this film, is not because of the anecdote, and I'm, it's not, it's not a Hollywood ending. I mean, I, I could have been like a woman without children. It could have been like exactly the, uh, it's a good life as well, and the film tells that, and the film send this letter. But the fact that I was pregnant making the film uh, unexpectedly, uh, I think created a good distance with the subject, with the topic. It was very weird. First of all, it's like, it's, pol it's political to me to talk about that, <clears throat> and I lose my voice when I say <laughs> that, that our body changed something when we create as well. The fact that I was in between just carrying a child, not only like for the, the condition, the physical condition, I was in between the two communities of the women I was filming, not not having children, not not having, and it created created something pretty like prolific for the mise en scène to me. And it's wonderful that you say that because at this point everything seems like if you have an abortion, if you don't, if you have a child, if you don't, if you say you don't want to have children, then you have to, everything is such an issue, and not to mention what's happening in the states hmm. that you just want to scream. <laughs> to no, scream, yeah. I mean, there's no way getting around that at anything in any direction um, I know. is apparently the wrong direction. I know. And this, is the, this is a very, very bad direction. I feel that I did the film before Roe versus Wade has been, of course, like uh, uh, reversed. Maybe it would have, have an impact in my film. I did the film just before and, and could not even imagine that. So I wanted to add complexity in our experiences. So at a certain moment, my character says I had an abortion, but uh, it, uh, it still makes me, it's a, it's a, it's a pain. Mm -hmm. Maybe I would have made like another scene <laughs> if I knew that it's, I feel that that's why in the field we can do things and we can, the responsibility we have sometimes is just to uh, break the stereotypes and the archetypes and certain characters. And, and, if, we, and if we are familiar enough in the fiction with those characters, like we can, we can leave them in our lives like easier. Also, we can have like, you know, lessons from the society in the films. We're so late in cinema. Thank you. Is that my time? Thank you so Thank much. You so much. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.